Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to another episode of Believe in USC Basketball, talking some hoops. I'm your host, Chris Penrose. Welcome. We are talking USC's big trip up north to Seattle and Pullman, and also looking towards a big weekend this weekend. Got the Mountain Schools coming in, Utah on Wednesday night, Colorado on Saturday night. So first off, uh, let's set the table. USC goes up to Seattle uh, last Wednesday. Uh, big game, big game. USC is number two in the conference. Washington undefeated, number one in conference play. Uh, SC really needed a good showing. We knew that Utah was going to be in a zone most of the game. Uh, Utah is long. They're athletic. They're physical. They like to create turnovers. One of the big things USC had to do, be smart on offense, be very patient, not rush three-point shots, which is what defenders want to do when they stay in the zone. They needed to do that. They needed to rebound the basketball. Washington's very athletic, crashing the boards a lot on offense. SC needed to box out. And then we really needed to see the emergence of a third and a fourth scorer. It can't be Nick and Betty the whole time. Of those main things that SC had to do, they didn't do any of them. Uh, It was a pretty rough game from the start. SC did not play particularly well in the first half. It was a very slow start. Uh, They were down by 11 at halftime. And then in the second half, they had some good runs. They cut it to three with about 10 minutes left. And then unfortunately, a bunch of turnovers on offense, lots of missed free throws. This is a theme that I continue to harp on, that we continue to see rear its ugly head over and over again, is missed free throws by the Trojans in big situations. Uh, But the biggest issues, as we kind of talked about before, the rebounding, the turnovers, and the lack of bench help. So... Um, on offense, SC had 18 turnovers compared to their 13 assists. Uh, Washington's uh, Matisse Thibel, probably this year's uh, best defender in the Pac-12. I would be shocked if someone else won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He had seven steals. And the thing is, is Washington didn't play particularly well either. I think they had 19 turnovers. But Washington's turnovers were when they were in transition, maybe making one extra pass too much and the ball going out of bounds. Dead ball. Washington had a lot of dead ball turnovers. SC's turnovers, they led to easy buckets on Washington's offensive end. Washington had uh, 16 fast break points, at minimum eight buckets. Um, That can't happen. That can't happen if you're trying to win on the road. Uh, Another big thing was offensive rebounds. Washington had 17 offensive rebounds. That's 17 extra offensive possessions. Can't let that happen, especially when you're turning the ball over 18 times. And off those 17 offensive rebounds, Washington was able to get 24 second chance points. That just, in order to beat the number one team in the conference, who's 7-0 in conference, has a nine-game winning streak on the line in front of a packed house, at Alaska Airlines Arena, you cannot let those things happen. And unfortunately, SC let them happen. And then we're obviously seeing big-time production from Benny and Nick Rakosovic. So Benny Boatwright, uh, 22 points, although didn't shoot particularly well from the three, went 9-19 to from the field, had five rebounds. 
and then Rakosevich had another double double, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, awesome free throw night for Nick, and his free throw percentage continues to go up, and he continues to hit big free throws. Nick went eight of eight from the free throw line. SE actually had a decent night at the free throw line against Washington, went 13 of 16. But of those three misses, uh, two of them were front ends of one of ones that uh, definitely would have changed the complexion of the game at at those particular moments. And I, I I'm not 100 percent sure if I remember this correctly, but I think Kevin Porter Jr. was the guy who missed the two front ends of one-on-one free throws. And then after Benny and Nick, you know, we need another guy to emerge consistently. Some nights it's Jonah Matthews, some nights it's Shaquan Aaron, sometimes it's Derek Thornton. But other than that, we don't really have any production. And when you look at our production off the bench, it's not good. I mean, against Washington, Kevin Porter Jr. had six points on two of six shooting. Uh two turnovers, Elijah Weaver, uh, 0 of 2 from the field, two points, three turnovers, Jerron Brooks, no points, and Victor Ayalumno, no points. So when you look at SC's bench points of eight, and you're not really getting that extra production from all five of your starters, you're really going to struggle to score a lot of points. And against a team like Washington who likes to run and gun, um, they like to create turnover, turnovers out of their zone and push the ball up the floor. They want to speed you up. You need to have extra guys. You can't just rely on two guys to get you a win on the road. You need to have a full team effort. And unfortunately, SC just didn't really have that effort. Um, you look at the fast break points. We said Washington had 16 fast break points. SC had zero, which tells you a couple things. Number one, they're not getting turnovers and pushing the ball up the floor and like we talked about washington's turnovers were a lot of dead ball turnovers and they're not rebounding the ball and pushing the ball up the floor um you know defensive rebounding was a big problem against washington and that was something that they were definitely going to have to correct against washington state so usc drops a big game on the road in my opinion a big missed opportunity to try to get uh washington their first loss in league play and to uh grab hold of that number two overall spot in conference. SC loses 75 to 62 in Seattle. So we've talked about this before. When you go on the road, at minimum, you want to get a split. You can't drop two on the road. You got to at least try to get a split. And we all knew that Washington State is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. SC was going to have a really good chance uh, to get a split on this on this road trip. Uh, and they did. They played pretty well, 93 to 84. In my opinion, one of SC's best offensive games of the year, but at the same time, one of their worst defensive games of the year. Now, honestly, I mean, it wasn't as bad, obviously, as a TCU uh, or a Santa Clara where their defense just did not show up. Uh, SC's zone, they stayed in the zone the most most of the game. Uh, and in the second half, they just, they didn't really, they weren't quite sharp on their rotations. They gave up a lot of three-pointers. Washington State had 14 threes. Granted, they shot 41 um, but 14 threes is a lot to give up. Um, they needed a good rebounding game. They got a good rebounding game. Uh, Nick Rakosevich, another outstanding game with 25 points, 13 rebounds, uh, four offensive rebounds. Uh, Nick had an amazing play too where uh, he got fouled and made the bucket, went to the free throw line, missed the free throw. Washington State, for some reason, wasn't paying attention. Nick got right in, got the rebound, and made it a four-point play. Uh, and he's been playing really, really well. And 
you know, we we talked during the Washington game about that third score to emerge and how we need more production from all the starters. Listen to the stat line. Nick Rakosevich, 25 points. Jonah Matthews, 20 points. Benny Boatwright, 18 points. Derek Thornton, 12 points. Shaquan Aaron, 8 points. That's the kind of production you need from your starters. But then again, we're looking at bench scoring. The bench scoring, it, it's not helping SC out at all. When you look at 10 points off the bench, 8 of which were from Kevin Porter Jr., compared to Washington State, who had 47 points off their bench. And their starter, uh, Robert Franks, who's the leading scorer in the Pac-12, gets 25. No wonder Washington State hung in and only lost by 9 points, when SC should have won by at least 25 if they're scoring 93 points against one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. So, good things, but also bad things. At the end of the day, you got to win on the road. Survive, learn from your mistakes, and move on. Can't move on from this game until I talk about Jonah Matthews. It was fantastic to see him have the breakout performance. We've kind of hoped that we would see on offense this year a little bit more consistently. We saw it uh, against Arizona in the Pac-12 championship last year. That same kind of game uh, against Washington State. Six of seven from the three-point line. Seven of nine from the field. 20 points, three assists, two rebounds. He kind of did it all offensively. And it was awesome to see him have that game. I really hope that this kind of gives him the confidence throughout the remainder of the season to go out there and be that consistent third scorer. Derek Thornton, I thought, had a fantastic game, uh, managing the game very well. Six assists. You know, Derek Thornton is uh, second overall in the Pac-12 conference in assists. Uh, he had 18. Or I'm sorry, he had 12 points um, and only two turnovers. I thought Kevin Porter Jr. played pretty well. He was 3-3 three three from the field, 2-2 uh, two two from the three-point line, finished with eight points. Uh, the problem is 0-2 from the free-throw line. SC, 17-25 of 25 from the free-throw line against this Washington State team. Can't happen on the road. Can't happen on the road. Something they need to get corrected, especially with, uh, especially with uh, Utah and Colorado coming into town. So... Uh, biggest concerns from this trip, second chance points. Uh, Washington had 24, Washington State had 15. Need a box out, need to get rebounds. And then those will create fast break opportunities for USC. Bench scoring, Washington State. You can't let a team like Washington, Washington State, uh, second worst team in the Pac-12, third worst team offensively in the Pac-12, uh, getting 47 points. Can't happen. Um, and then free throws. SC is second to last in the conference. In free throws. Can't go 17 for 25 on the road uh, and expect to win consistently. Let's move on to uh, some big, big games this weekend. So right now, log jam in the Pac-12. Right now, SC is tied for second place with Arizona State, Oregon State, uh, at standing at 6-3. and three. And then you have a three-way tie for fifth place, uh, Arizona, UCLA, and Utah. And then Colorado's down there. Uh, they're in 10th place at 3-6. and six. So there's going to be some shakeup here. Uh, really excited for this Utah game. Utah consistently is a team that's a very physical team. Their coach, 
is big on defensive toughness, rebounding the basketball, dominating the boards, and then on offense, being somewhat slow and methodical. They're very, very good at running their offense, taking a wide open shot if it's there, but they're not afraid to get that shot clock under 10, go to a ball screen, and try to make something happen on the perimeter. Utah's had somewhat of an up and down season. They're right now they're standing at 11 and 10 overall as we talked about 5 and 4 in conference. Uh, their best win, their best wins probably at ASU. Uh, if you watch that game, ASU came up led by about 15 or 16 early in the game. Utah came roaring back and then won by double digits. Um, they're coming off of a of a tough road or excuse me, a tough uh, series against Oregon's uh, two home games, lost to both Oregon and Oregon State, uh, was never really in control in both those games. So they're going to be looking to come to L.A. Uh, and try to get two games back for sure. You know, historically, Utah has been kind of a, a big guy type of team. Jacob Podol, we've known, uh, NBA guy. You could always throw the ball into the post there. And he was always, he had great post moves. Kyle Kuzma, who now plays for the Lakers, he could post you up inside, take you outside. This team's a little different this year where they're led uh, by a smaller guard. Uh, Sedgwick uh, Bearfield averaging uh, 16.3 points per game, four assists. He's really the machine that makes this team rock. Uh, if you stop him, you stop Utah. Uh, they have a couple other good guys. Freshman Timmy Allen from Mesa, Arizona. Uh, he's averaging 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, and then Donnie Trillman, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists as well. So uh, those are kind of their three main guys. Uh, the keys to this game, number one, you've got to stop Bearfield. You stop him and try to keep him under 10 points, limit his productivity, especially passing the ball. Uh, SE's going to have a very good chance to win this game. Uh, have to box out on defense. These guys are going to crash. They are long and athletic. Uh, they're not like Washington, but they are. They, they do have some big guys that can rebound the ball. Have to box out, rebound, and then push the ball. If you rebound and push the ball, you will beat Utah in transition every single time. SE has better athletes than Utah. Try to speed up the tempo of the game and get easy baskets in transition. And then I think it's going to be important to get Jonah going early. Throughout most of the season, I've always kind of said, get Nick involved early. Nick will be involved. He is now a staple of this offense. Benny Boatwright, staple of this offense. Those guys will get their shots, and they will get like they will get fed the ball. But we need to get other guys going early and get that confidence established. Whether it's Jonah or Shaquan Aaron or Derek Thornton or even Kevin Porter Jr. off the bench. But I think Jonah Matthews, after last game against Washington State, hitting six threes, Got to get him going early, get that confidence up. And then let's move to Colorado, Saturday, 7 o'clock p.m. No excuse for people to not be at the Galen Center. So many good restaurants in downtown L.A. Get there at 5 o'clock, go have a good meal, come to the Galen Center and support this team. They deserve it. Uh, you know, I it's, it's funny. I kind of have a soft spot for CU. Uh, my family, half my family lives in Colorado. My godfather lives in Denver. Uh, I, I almost walked on uh, for Coach Patton back in 2003. So bit of a soft, soft spot for CU. I was actually very excited when they came to the Pac-12 conference uh, back when it, when it moved from the Pac-10 to the Pac-12. Uh, I love the state of Colorado. Um, 
And this team, this Colorado team's a decent team. They have not played well in conference. They're three and six. Uh, they're third in the Pac-12 in defense, though. Uh, you know, they're only giving up about 68 points per game. Uh, USC is third in offense, scoring 77 points per game. So something's going to have to give here. Uh, Colorado likes to get in the stance. They're going to play a lot of man-to-man. They're going to be physical. Um, they, in my opinion, have the best point guard in the Pac-12 and McKinley Wright. I think he he's potentially a late first round pick, probably going to end up being a uh, early second round pick in the NBA. He's averaging 13 points, uh, five assists, and five rebounds. Uh, this is a game, in my opinion, where Derek Thornton needs to show his stuff. He's going to have to show that he can either be as good or better than McKinley Wright. In my opinion, this is a very, very important game for DT. He needs to show his stuff in this one. Uh, their second leading scorer is Tyler Bay. Uh, he's averaging 12 points, nine rebounds, uh, long, uh, you know, shooting guard, small four, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he crashes the boards. He's coming off of a big game against Oregon where he had 27 points on nine and nine shooting and 10 rebounds. So he's got his confidence up. That's a guy that SC cannot leave open on their zone, cannot leave him open, and then make sure someone gets a body on him. We talk about how difficult it is to rebound out of his own. Someone needs to get a body on this guy. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you get two guys on him. You got to get that guy off the boards. He's going to crash every single time, and he's a very good rebounder. And then Lucas Seward, uh, he's their best three-point shooter. Can't leave him open. Uh, He's a guy who I think he's top five in the Pac-12 in three-point percentage and three-pointers made. Uh, That's a guy you have to make sure you locate in the zone. Keys to this game. You have to keep McKinley right in check. Don't let him drive drive the basketball. That's what he wants to do. He's going to want to get into the key and either hit a floater, kick it out for a three, or pull up for a jump shot. He's the one. He, I mean, he is similar to Bearfield for Utah, and he's going to be the cog that makes this machine go. He's going to be the guy that's going to be dishing it out for open three-pointers on the perimeter. As SC sits in a zone, which we know they're going to play a lot of zone, they can't let him penetrate. Cannot let him penetrate. I would like to see SC go a little bit more man-to-man here. I think they match up really well with these guys. I think DT on McKinley. I think uh, Shaquan Aaron on uh, Tyler Bay. And I think I think uh, Benny Boatwright and Nick Rakosevich can take care of their big guys down low. I don't think Colorado has a very good inside game. They really want to shoot the three. Uh, they really want to play on the perimeter. The guards are what SE really needs to take care of here. I think SE has a really good shot to get two home wins. Uh, if they do, I think they're going to solidify themselves uh, in the in the second place position. You know, as you look at the Pac-12 right now, it's going to be very difficult for SC to win the conference outright. I think at this point, Washington has this conference won. Uh, they have to try to get you know, in the top four in the Pac-12 by the end of the conference season to get a bye in the first round of the tournament. So they're not playing four games. They're only playing three games, um, including the championship game, and then try to win to get into the tournament. I think if Washington wins a conference and they win the Pac-12 tournament, I think there's a very good chance that the Pac-12 can only get one team in. I think the NCAA committee might give us a bone and get two teams in. But if you look at the top 25 right now, 
Washington's 9-0 in conference. They're on an 11-game winning streak. Their only losses are to top 25 teams, and they're still not in the top 25. So that tells you what the country thinks of the Pac-12 conference. So I think you know, the Pac-12 is going to need to need to have someone else other than Washington win the tournament in order to get two teams in. But that's me. That's what I think. I uh, hope you enjoy this. I always appreciate you listening and subscribing. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can find us at Believe.com or at Believe underscore LA. Also, feel free to reach out to me. Any questions, comments, see Penrose10 as the Twitter handle and then see Penrose10 number number on Instagram as well. Thank you for listening and fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.